0: Okay, so let's look at just a little, a little, little few verses of scripture tonight. I think that will bless us and help us. If you would open up your Bibles to the Book of Acts, and uh, I, I want to look at Acts seven, but let's read a verse or two in Acts six. Uh, Acts six and seven is dealing with with Acts six is the the deacons that have been called, and then Acts seven is the testimony of Stephen. Uh, But I I want you to to see that you and I were ready for promotion. Stephen here, he come in uh, just just as a deacon. And because he was a a person that was ready to to fill up with Jesus, he got full of faith and he got full of the Holy Spirit. And when he did, all of a sudden he was able to usher in the glory of the Lord. And I want you to know tonight that's what God is entrusting you to do he's entrusting you and I to usher in the glory of the Lord to people who have either become stiff necked you know they hard-hearted or to those who are so caught up with their own thing that they've missed God amen but i I believe that if you and I'll say yes to the promotion if we'll pick up the mantle he's going to do some amazing things so this um I want you to look here uh they're coming against Steve, uh, Stephen, and let's just read um, uh, the last verse of chapter 6, and then let's go into chapter 7. Uh, Acts chapter 6, verse 15. Uh, this is those who are stiff-necked, those who are hard-hearted, those who are uh, in their own form of religion. They don't like what Stephen is standing for, what he's doing. Look at verse 15, Acts 6 and 15. If you're there, say amen. And all that's said in council looking steadfastly on him, looking on Stephen, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Now think about that because of the glory. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Verse number 1, Acts 7 and 1. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? Verse 2. And he said... This is the, the the message. And he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken the glory of God or the God of glory, depending on how you want to read it, the, the glory of God, the God of glory appeared unto the father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charon. Now, drop down to verse... Um, uh, 54 verse 54. So if you and I want the glory of God, we've got to preach the glory of God. If we want salvation, we got to preach salvation. If we want baptism, the Holy ghost, we got to preach baptism, the Holy ghost. If We want healing. We got to preach healing here. He's preaching the glory of God. And look what happens verse 54. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Come on, because this is their heart. They're they're hard-hearted. They gnashed on Stephen with their teeth. Verse 55. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and he saw what? He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and they cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul and they stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying... and he's, see, he was calling upon God, saying, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And when he had said this, when he talked of the glory of God, he, he fell asleep. He went home to be with the Lord. Brother Donnie, would you pray? Lord, thank you for this opportunity in life. Thank you for this message and the Lord. I ask that you give us the ability in our hearts to open it up, Lord, and the ability in our minds to shut out the world, Father. Let it become real into our lives, Lord, and given us the function of the Holy Spirit yes. to keep it real in our lives. Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Donnie. Thank you for being here tonight. So uh, I'm so excited about uh, what God is has in store for you. Come on, God has good things in store for you. He has a plan for your life. He has an, uh, a, a, a heavenly agenda. And with that heavenly agenda, he has a Holy Ghost anointing to be able to bring it to pass. Amen? And, and so tonight, you and I need to see some things. We need to see that we're going to come in contact with a lot of unbelievers. And as we come in contact with them, because of that holiness that is in you, you, you are holy. The Bible says so. Those who have believed in the heart and confessed with the mouth, you've been made righteous. You've been made holy. And so when people get in, come in contact with, with the holiness that comes from God, they're going to be challenged. Some are going to accept that challenge and see that there's something better. Others are going to reject it, and they're going to uh, strike out against the God in you because they don't want the challenge. The Bible says out of the mouth of Jesus, he said some people, they love darkness. Well, in John chapter one, uh, 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 ta- talking before, uh, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. The word was God. But then it goes on down to say that that men they rejected that light because they love darkness. And so you and I, we're going to run into those things. We're going to encounter those things. But what we've got to do, we've got to stand strong in who God's made us know who you are. You are a child of God. You're blood bought, blood washed, and you have the Holy Spirit. So since you have the Holy Spirit, you can assure, be assured that you are of a holy God and of means prodigy. So you, you are holy because God's holy. You're accepting that challenge. That's what Jesus said. He said, be ye holy. Come on. And that's who you are. Just be what God says you are. I have to be what God says I am. And so here we we, we see that that we've got so much truth in this chapter and we don't have just a little bit of time to go where we need to go. So I just want to hit a few high points here. I I want you to see that that Stephen, he, he saw who he was and he stepped into what he was doing and he was faithful in it. And and I want you to see that, that uh don as brother Corey was and brother Justin were leading us in worship, don't let the devil bring condemnation in your life. N- know that you're serving God out of the love in your heart. And God counts things perfect more than we understand what perfect means. Amen. So uh, don't let the devil tell you that you're always coming up short or you're failing. No, you you be like a Stephen. You say, well, I'm going to be full of faith. I'm going to be full of faith that, that God called me, God anointed me, God gave me a job to do, and I'm doing it to the best of His ability through me. Amen. And and when you're in that place, then you get more full of the Holy Spirit rather than the spirit that's in this world. I don't want the spirits in this world. It's discouraging. It's it's a spirit of fear, uh, a spirit of death and all of those things. And so as he got into that place, all of a sudden God looked at him and he said, I'm going to put you in a place where my glory can go through you. Now, see, when you and I are willing to step in that place where the glory of God will go through us, it's going to have the greatest impact. and It's going to reach the the uh, broadest spectrum of people that, that we can ever reach in our life. And so we've got to expand our vision and, and not just look for that person that comes through the door. Though, praise God, we are looking and we're praying for them to come through the door. But you're the glory of the Lord out in the world. You're the glory of the Lord everywhere you go. And because you're willing to be full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit and you're willing uh, to bring God's glory down, it doesn't matter where you're at, the impossible becomes possible. Amen? So you've got to have a vision for that. I've got to have a vision for that. But notice, uh, like I said just a moment ago, see, he started preaching in verse number 2, and he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. In other words, I want you to hear with understanding the God of glory. And so he starts, he starts reaching them where they're at because they knew about Abraham. They understood about Abraham. And so that's what you and I've got to do. We've got to say, oh, God of glory. Show me the heart of that person. Show me where they're at. Let me meet them on their level. Let me be able to communicate with them out of their experience. See, that's what what Stephen's doing. He's bringing the glory of God from where they can see him, and then he can show them how Jesus now is the God of grace, is the revelation of God of grace, is the fulfillment of the promise of how we can be saved, how we can be delivered, how we can come into the family of God. And so you and I, if we're in that place of, position where we're willing to bring the glory of God to somebody who is on drugs, somebody who is in sexual sin, somebody who is a murderer, someone who is uh, whatever they might be. Uh, You've got to believe and I got to believe that God can reach them, but he has to have you. He has to have me to be able to do that. And so all of a sudden he reaches out to this group of people and he and he, he reaches right where they're at and he starts preaching glory. Okay, so that's what you and I have got to do. If we're going to have the effects that God wants us to have, we've got to preach God's glory. So hold your place here. We may come back, but go to uh, the book of Hebrews chapter one. And let's make sure that we and we can look at many places, but let's make sure we understand God's glory. Hebrews chapter one, let's start in verse number one, Hebrews chapter one, verse number one. God, who, at sundry times and in divers manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has said in these last days, verse two has said in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. now notice verse three now we're talking about Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. And, and so when when Stephen started preaching there, he remember, he started preaching about uh, the, the glory of God. And when he did, all of a sudden, he said, look, I see Jesus. He's standing on the right hand of the Father. The heavens were opened. See, when you and I, when we start preaching Jesus, everything is about Jesus. When we preach Jesus that He is the open door. He is the door that opens up heaven and brings heaven down to a closed heart. And so Jesus, He can knock on the heart's door, Revelation 3.20, and He can get people to open their heart. So we've got to preach Jesus. It doesn't matter what I think, what I feel. It doesn't matter about my understanding. It doesn't matter about my denomination. What matters is I preach God's Son. I preach God's Savior. Everything I do, everything I say, I need to live out of my relationship. You need to live out of your relationship, Jesus the Christ. God's anointed one. And when we do that, all of a sudden the glory of God is presented to them. Now I want you to imagine, remember as he's preaching that message, who is standing there while they stone him to death? Saul. He, he's in charge of making sure. Hey, you make sure they don't steal my tunic. You make sure they don't steal my robe. All of the. He's in charge of watching over all of that. But he saw all of that. All of that was a seed in his life that he saw Stephen preach Jesus, the glory of God, and to the dying day. As you read all through the epistles of of Paul, that had an impact on his life. He never could shake that because even though he was standing there and he ha- he was in agreement with what was going on, he knew. He knew it wasn't right. Come on. And it changed his life. I want you to know your life is changing people. Whether you see it, whether you feel it, whether you ever understand it in the natural, there is no doubt about you carrying the glory of God, Jesus, into the world that people are not going to be touched. They're going to be changed. It may be for a moment of time, and then sometimes to the glory of God, it may be for eternity. But they're going to be touched. They're going to be changed. You've got to believe that as you carry this glory, that it 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 causes darkness to flee it causes the imps and, and the hindering evil spirits that have people bound it causes them to back up it causes them to tremble amen and while they're in the moment of backing up in retreat and trembling that person has an opportunity to come to themselves come on i know this for a fact because i'm a born again blood bought blood washed christian but when the devil comes on my mind i can't think right And if I can't think right, guess what? I've got problems because all of a sudden when that oppression comes there and that negative spirit stops operating, I can't see the goodness of God. I can't see the deliverance of Jesus. I can't see God's glory. All I see is the doom and the gloom. But then when somebody comes around me come on, that has a greater anointing than that oppression that is trying to attack me, I have the opportunity to receive freedom. Amen? Come on, we've got to be honest with people. People, just because you're saved and on your way to heaven don't mean you're not going to struggle with some things. The closer you get to God, the more the devil is going to dispatch more and more evil spirits to try to hinder and stop you and I. But we've got an agenda and our agenda has an anointing and that anointing is going to allow us, enable us, empower us to be able to bring God's glory to people. Do you believe that? Amen. I believe it. Alright, now notice what he said. Let's read it one more time, the last part. It says, verse number three, because we didn't finish the verse, talking about Jesus, uh, His Son being the brightness of His glory. Notice this. The express image of His person. Now, what was Brother Corey talking about? He was talking about you and I being resilient and being uh, able to pop back into shape. When you and I are created in the image of God, Come on, we're, he, he's the potter, we're the, 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 the very clay. He's going to make sure that we come back to that place in that position. That's why he was talking about being resilient. The express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power. Now, another study for another time, but it doesn't say the power of his word. The word of his power. See, all of us, we're looking for the power. We need to be looking for Jesus because Jesus is the word, the word of his power. See, if you've got the Jesus that I know and that you know in our prayer closet, you've got the power who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Is Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father tonight? Then your sins has been Live like it. Don't be bound in any way. Don't don't let any vision of what the enemy would try to put in your heart. That's what Brother Corey was witnessing about. Don't let any of that have any part of your life. Amen. Glory. Glory. So, so here we are. We're in a place and position where we recognize and realize that if we want the glory of God, which is Jesus, to be manifested in and through our lives, if we want uh, those who are stiff-necked, those who are uh, out of faith to be able to receive that, then all we've got to do is start preaching it. See, we're all preachers. That's a pre- you're, you're, you're living the gospel. Come on, that's a preacher. We, we've called to, to herald out what we know as a public crier. That's what, karoso, that, that's what the word in the Greek means. In other words, just to, to, to tell everybody, as God would lead you, what God's done in your life. Amen? So I want to talk about carrying the glory. So go with me to the Old Testament. And let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 6, and I just want to hit a few verses here, and I'll let you go. Uh, uh, here, we got a great story about how Israel had been operating uh, without the glory of God. And all of a sudden, they, they, they realize and understand that they need the glory of God back in their life. Because, see, the glory of God, is we've been documented from the Word of God, and that's just one place. You could look many places. Uh, And uh, and you go to the epistle of James, and it tells us that Jesus is is God's glory. But um, God's glory brings blessing. Well, you and I, we need the blessing of the Lord to be able to do what God would have us to do. We've got to have that blessing. The blessing is, in other words, the blessing is what you need, what I need in the right time to be able to fulfill the will of God. That's the blessing. See, so many people think the blessing is the new car. Thank God for the new car. But, but uh, I'll take the, the, the word in due season that they will change somebody's life over a new car any day, won't you? Because one is temporal and one's eternal. But you can have both. Don't, I'm not limiting God. But look what it says, 2 Samuel 6 and 1. And David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. Now this is so important because uh what 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 God is fixing to do, uh, if you and I will take heed to it and we will let him declare the end of this church age in our lives the way that he started it in the beginning, we've got to reverence God. We and we've got to be in that place where we where we completely depend upon him and he's a holy God. See, when God brings his anointing to another level, uh We've got to be so reverent of him because if we're not, people die. Ananias and Sapphira, the anointing was so strong that Ananias and Sapphira, they fell at Peter's feet dead because the anointing was so strong and there was such a move of the Spirit of God of truth that when they lied to the Holy Ghost, they lost their life. And so God can't pour out and move us to the next level that he'd have us to go that he wants us to until we get to this place of holiness. Now, why am I saying this? Notice what it said. And again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. I don't care if this church is full. If you and I vote on doing something and we do it without the mind of God, I don't care if there's 200 people in here. 200 people are wrong. David's got thirty thousand chosen men here and they're all wrong. See, safety's not in numbers. Safety is in Jesus. We got whole denominations that are going to hell. I'm sorry. But they think they're okay because there's X and millions of people in the denomination. That denomination's not going to save you and I. See, David here, He just had the big victory against the Philistines. So he thinks the guys who give him the victory is going to take him into the will of God. No, Jesus takes us into the will of God. Amen. Verse two. And David arose and he went with all the people. Come on. Everybody's with me. Everything must be great. Closer I get to God, the less people are with me. You and God make the majority. Yep. And David arose and he went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah, uh, the, the lords of masters of, of, of Judah of praise, to bring up thence of the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. Now, I want you to think about this. All of a sudden, David says, I, I've defeated the Philistines so, so much, and, and I've got such unity here. We're, we're just going to go and we're just going to bring in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. See, if we're going to carry the glory of God, we've got to make sure that we do it with, by the Spirit and with a humble heart. Yeah. Otherwise, we get into all sorts of problems. Verse two. And they set the ark of God upon a new Cart, and they brought it out of the house. Now let's think about this: that the Ark of the Covenant, the glory of God—that's what this represents—had been in Abinadab's house for twenty years. Why, all of a sudden, the urgency? See, I, I want the things of God, but I recognize and realize that God's got to get me in the place. So I can receive the things of God and I can operate in the things of God. And, and so I don't need to be so urgent like Sister uh, Johnny said, but I want to be in perfect step with the Lord, don't you? So it'd it been they'd it been there for 20 years. Why not look to the word of God and see what God said? See, God said in Exodus chapter 25, exactly how you moved. They didn't do it. What what did they do? They loaded up God's glory the way the Philistines carried it. Oh, come on, you feel that anointing? We can't carry God's glory the way the world wants to carry the glory of God. See, they, they put it they put him on a new cart because they wanted to get rid of the, the Ark of the Covenant because they were being plagued by God because they had something that didn't belong to them. And, and they sent... They sent the, the this to Abinadad's house, in, in a sense, on this new cart. Uh, and, and so the children of Israel, instead of seeking God, they just said, huh, okay, that's how it got there. So let's get the Ark of the Covenant, let's get it back to Jerusalem, 15 miles. That's all it is, 15 miles. Let's get it back here, and we'll just bring it back the same way. No, you and I can't do anything like the world. Not one thing. That's where we get into trouble. And they set the ark of, uh, of God upon a new cart, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadeth, the father of generosity, which was in Gibeah. And notice this. And Yuza and Ahio, the sons of Abinadeth, they drove the new cart. Now, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God, right? Children of God. You can't drive the Spirit of God. Yusa means strength. Ahao means brotherly. So, in other words, we're looking at how the, how many times you've been in a church service and everybody's trying to get the spirit of God to go this direction. God's wanting to work over here, but no, I want this. Ain't going to work. Now, God, He'll meet us where we're at. He'll bless us. He'll help us. And and and. I can pull on the spirit of God just like you can pull on the spirit of God and God will sometimes he'll do things just for us and he'll meet us in that situation. But we're talking about here. This is just outright doing it opposite to what God would have. See the God said that you're going to have to carry the Ark of the Covenant. You're going to have to carry my glory on your shoulders. Right. The priest. Come on. The Bible says that you're God's priest. Yeah. You carry the glory on your shoulders what we were talking about this morning. No weight, but the glory of God. Amen. All right. Now notice what it says. It says verse four, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God and a how the, the one the name that means brother went before the ark. Now, See you and I, we've got to recognize and realize that uh, we can, we can, mess up. I mean, this think this Ark of the Covenant had been in their household for twenty years. You'd think after twenty years they would learn how to follow God's glory. Yeah. It's not in time. It's in relationship. Right. It's not in time. It's in relationship. Cultivate that relationship like never before. And God will reveal himself to you, amen? There'll be truth where the devil cannot get to situations and circumstances where he's got before. Don't don't be led by anything, but be led by that spirit that's inside of you. And David, look at verse number five. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord. On the manner of all instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on solitaries and temples, and on cornets and and, and on cymbals, <clears throat> this word in the Hebrew and David and all the house, all this group, this this big massive group of people that he just named, played before the Lord. Now you need to look at that because it, the the words in Hebrew they always mean one, two three, four, plus things. And the only way you could understand the definition of what is coming from the Hebrew is the context in which the writer put that word in. So if we read this, if we read it, we think, oh, they played the instruments. God must have been so pleased. But the context here, they're in rebellion. They're in disobedience. So this word played here should be translated in a completely different manner. And so hold your place right here and turn with me to the book of Judges. And let's look where the same Hebrew word is used in the life of Samson with these same Philistines. I believe it's Judges 16. Yes, Judges 16. Let's look at verse 25. Judges 16:25. Remember, they've took and they've captured Samson and they put his eyes out. And, and he's, he, they, they forgot about him all of this time. And while they forgot about him, all of a sudden, his hair grows back long. Come on, the glory of God comes back on him. The anointing comes back on him. The, the vow of the Nazar, uh, Nazarite is back there. And look what happens. Verse 25. And it came to pass when the hearts, the hearts of the Philistines, the hearts of the evil ones, when their hearts were merry, that they said, call for Samson. Samson is a type of the end time church. Asleep and don't even know it. Come on. They call for Samson that he may make us sport. This is the same Hebrew word that is translated that they played the instruments. See, I can get up here and I can preach and if it's not in God's will. Somebody can get up here and sing and they can play the guitar if it's not in God's will. We got problems. What's our motive behind everything that we're doing? See, God knows. Man may not, but God knows. And they called for Samson that he may make a sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he he made them sport. There's the word. And they sent him between the pillars. Verse 26. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars. See, he couldn't see. In other words, he said, "Put my hands where they need to be, whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them." Uh, Verse twenty-seven. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about three thousand men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. So I want you to imagine understanding that word there, and let's go back and look what it said. It said in Second Samuel five and or six and. Uh, 15, or 5, 6 and 5. And David and all the house of Israel played. They made sport before the Lord on the manner of instruments of the uh, fir wood, even on harps and psalteries and timbrels and on the cornets and this on the cymbals. So God wasn't in it. See, we can have the best of intentions. But God's got to be in it. Verse six, and when they came to Nashon's uh, threshing floor, Uzziah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. So, remember his Uzziah, his name Uzzah, his name means strength. And, and so, uh, you and I, we, and in other words, what it's saying, and this is a type for teaching that he's trying to control the glory of God. We can't control the glory of God. His name means strength. See, so I've got to see that if I try to to control what God's going to do, I'm in a heap of hurt. I'm in a mess. And and so they come to the threshing floor. Come on. Every place you see in the threshing floor, it always has to do with God's judgment. God's fixing to judge this situation. Nashon's threshing, prepared. His name means prepared. In other words, they come to the place where God said, this is it. This is all I'm putting up with. I've prepared a place of judgment and I'm going to judge it. There's going to be a day when the cup, Revelation tells us that it's going to be full of iniquity. And when the cup gets full of iniquity, God's going to pour out his wrath. You better know who you are and where you're going to be at and be in the place of Jesus. Amen. We're not appointed under wrath. We're appointed, come on, we're, we're to walk in that place of, uh, of of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you need to to, to see that God's going to do some things. He, he God doesn't wink at sin. Thank God for grace. But the grace it only goes so far. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to motivate you. Amen. I, I want you to see some things. All right. So they come to this place of preparation, verse 7. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah, uh, Uza, however you want to say his name, against strength, the strength of the brother. Remember the strength of man. And God smote him. God allowed him. God allowed him to be smote there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. See, the, the, the when you and I are in the, the will of God, when we're in the grace of God, the, the, the glory of God, it warms us. But sin, Jesus took your sin, though. Come on, Jesus took my sin. So let's be warmed by the glory of God. And let's realize that we can bring the glory of God to those and let them be warned. Let them be changed. Verse eight. And David was displeased. Not a good translation. David was mad. He was mad at God. Have you ever been mad at God? I have. I'm sorry. It's just the truth. Uh, things didn't work out the way I wanted them to. Things didn't work out the way I thought they would. Things didn't work out the way that I believed for. And I I, I got mad. I had the same time to get glad in too, amen? Because God's always right. The problem's not with Him. The problem was with me. But God will meet me in my anger, my upset situation, and He'll help me. He'll show me the truth, amen? And so if I'm willing to let Him change me, He'll change me. And I don't have to be angry. I don't have to be upset. But David, he was displeased. He 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 his heat was blazing up because the Lord had made a breach upon Yuzah, upon strength, and he'd call the name of the place uh Perez Uzzah to that day. The the that means the break of strength. In other words, here don't you see David comes in, this is his big act as king. And he comes in with these 30,000 men and all uh, he wants all of Jerusalem to see him doing what had not been done in 20 years, bringing in the glory of God. And so God had to what? He had to humble David and show him your strength is not in man. Your strength is not doing it in this way. And so David, can you imagine? It would be like... Well, it'd be like our inauguration this of our pre- their current president. If you saw what happened when he was inaugurated, when we had the six minutes of silence, and if, did anybody watch the inauguration? Well, it would be very humbling. It would be very humiliating. So David, you can imagine what he's thinking here. So he's upset, but he's also scared because look what it says in verse 9. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? That's his question. He said, how, how am I going to get the, the ark of the Lord here? How am I going to get God's glory in my life? And obviously, God is showing him that it can't be done by man's strength. See, so you and I, we can learn from this and we can say, okay, I I can't twist God's arm, but I can touch his heart. Come on. We don't want to twist his arm anyway, but we can touch his heart by fellowship with him, by by talking to him, by finding out his mind about our situation, about our circumstance and allowing our hearts to be knit as one and and coming together. Come on. The the Bible says to put him in remembrance, Isaiah, the prophet, put him in remembrance of what he said. and, And then you and I come in agreement with that. Amen. All right. Now, notice. Verse 10, so David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him in the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Verse 11, and the ark of the Lord continued it abode in the house uh, of Obed-Edomite, the Gittite, for three months. Now notice what happened. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. See where the glory rests, that's the blessing because the glory is jesus him and all of his household so Obed-Edom, he uh he he's 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 the Gittite. in other words he's a worker of edom but he's working in a wine press because that's what uh, what that means he he's he's working in a wine press and so even though he's a worker of edom he's he's of a foreign nation god's blessing him see it didn't matter who they are when jesus is there they're blessed, so that's why the devil doesn't want you and I to take Jesus to people because the blessing will be there. The, the 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 presence will bring the glory, and the glory will bring and reveal the blessing. Amen. All right, so can you imagine? Here David is. David's man. I tried to get the the glory here. I I, I caused Uzzah's death. And and so it it scared me, and so I just said, "Just let the uh, let the cart go ahead and take the uh, the 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 glory to uh, a foreigner's house." And he does that, and he's blessed for three months. This blessing was so powerful and so big that David it it, it just made him come back to the place. Oh, I understand now. It's about God's grace. It's about God is a good God, and if I do things God's way. Come on, it'll work. It'll be a blessing. Verse number 12. And it was told King David saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him. Now does all mean all? So the glory of God, Jesus in your life, will bring a blessing. Amen, it'll bring a blessing because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David. He brought it up with what? Gladness. See, all of a sudden, when you and I, when we change our attitude, and our attitude is, my God's good, my God's a, a, a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of bless uh, blessing. And I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have gladness in my heart. I'm gonna have gladness in my action. I'm gonna have gladness in my attitude. I'm gonna have joy unspeakable. And all of a sudden, that changes things. We've got to recognize how we are to carry the glory. Verse thirteen. And it was so that when they bear the ark, no card here. Amen they're carrying the the glory like they're supposed to, and so that when they bear the ark of the Lord and had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. In other words, David said, "I'm not making a mistake." It, number six, the number of man. Every time they took six steps, they stopped and they gave an offering. See, that's you and I. Well, Jesus is the offering that made us at peace with God but now we live a life of sacrifice our our praise is an offering unto God it's a praise offering it's a it's an act of sacrifice and so when you and I are walking even though we're walking the number of man in this in this earth age we're walking by faith and as we do that we're carrying the glory of God and you can make sure that uh there's nothing going to steal that from you I've lost you all later So he he made he he offered this offering. He had this glory, and look what happens in verse fourteen. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might. See, all of a sudden, David's humbled. As we find out here in this section of Scripture, he dances before the Lord till the only thing he's got left on is a linen ephod. In other words, he's 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 dressed like a and a part of a priestly robe. And he's dancing before the Lord and he doesn't care who sees or he doesn't care what anybody says. And it has nothing to do with those 30,000 men. has nothing to do with about those past victories. All he is, he's just in the place where he sees God's glory and he worships the Lord and he says, I want to honor the Lord and I want to carry that. And David danced before the Lord with all of his might and David was girded with a linen ephod. Verse 15, so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. They wouldn't know this plan. Come on, it was pure worship. Pure worship. So if we're going to pick up this next mantle that has fallen from heaven, if we're going to come under the new uh, part of the door that God is opening for the church, if we're going to carry this into the will and the plan of God, then you and I have got to be in that place where we recognize that that glory has requirements. And that requirement is your humility, my humility. See, can you imagine? It would be David in this place and position. Uh, you know, it even cost him a relationship with his wife. His wife, Michelle, she, she, uh, she said, man, you are of a baser sort today. You have showed yourself and, and you've got out and mingled with the common folk instead of staying in the royal lineage. And, 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 and so it cost him a relationship with his wife. He didn't care. Because he wanted the Lord. He wanted to carry that glory. He didn't care what anybody else thought. And so if we're going to get to that place where God was, is able to use us the way he wants to, it's going to have to come down between me and the Lord, you and the Lord, and nothing else matters. That's what we want, right? Let's close with a New Testament verse. Go with me to 2 Corinthians. And... uh I think it's chapter 4. Let's see something here. Brother Corey was talking about the latter part of this chapter, but look what he he says. Uh, He says in chapter 4, verse number 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, we don't grow weak. Verse 2, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. In other words, the apostle Paul here is, is bringing revelation of how God has used them and how he will use us to touch the, touch the heart of people. And it's because uh, of of the strength of the glory of God working in and through his life. Because look at the last verse in chapter three, because we know that it, you know, in reality, there's no division here. But in Second Corinthians 3.18, look what he says. He said, but we all, all is all, right? But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. What happens? We're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, see, when you and I start carrying this glory with us, we see the ministry that God's give us. God is calling you to a new level of ministry. He's calling you to things that are deeper. He's wanting to do things in your life that you never even dreamed of. He's wanting to bring truth out of your mouth that your mind will argue with. He wants to bring an anointing through your body that your body is going to shake under the power, but somebody's going to be changed by that power. Amen? it's going to happen because you're not going to be in the place of weakness in yourself, but you're going to be in the place of strength in him. Amen. I want to close with this thought. I, I may not have this just right because this is just coming to me, but there's a 1959 movie called being Her. I've never seen the movie, but I, I I've read about in the closing scene, and if I don't have this right, if somebody's seen it, you can help me with it because I'm, um, like I said, I don't know. But in the, if I understand right, in the closing scene of this movie, there, there's, there's, you can see in the distance three crosses, and on the middle cross, you see someone struggling, struggling uh, as they're fixing to give up their life, and all of a sudden the The crosses start to disappear as all of these clouds start moving in and and they start to hide the the cross and, and and then all of a sudden, here comes one drop of rain and another drop of rain, and this rain falls and it makes a puddle and there's a puddle at the at the at the foot of that middle cross and then, as you look and see that puddle, there's a drop of blood that comes and it hits that puddle and and all of a sudden that puddle it goes from clear water to tainted with blood. As the rain continually flows, that, that puddle, it overflows and it runs down to the stream and the stream runs to a to a creek and ultimately the creek runs to an ocean. See, that's what the glory of God does because Jesus is that glory. See, He starts in one drop in your life and my life and He carries it to the oceans. He carries it to the waters. Revelation 17 15 says the waters are the people's. So you got to see that, that because of the blood of Jesus is on your life, is on my life, we can carry the glory. And we can see people change forever. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. I thank you for the power of your word. I asked you in the name of Jesus that you help us preach glory. You help us teach glory. Help us to live glory. I'm talking about Jesus like we've never done before. Help us to be the priest of God and carry God's presence, carry God's revelation of his plan, his mercy, his grace, his goodness through his son. Lord, help us just to be in the place where we know what the blood of Jesus has done in us and through us and for us. And let us carry that truth in all honesty. And as we carry that truth in all honesty, let the glory of God shine stronger and more pure in our lives. Let us take it to places that have never seen, never heard. Let us see hearts opened. Let us see the, the, the Jesus on the right hand of the Father making intercession for those that we're being led to and directed to. Father, let it be. We ask these things believing that we receive them in Jesus' name. Would you come tonight and make yourself an altar and say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I want to fill up with your glory. I, I want to, to, to see that the more of you, Jesus, the more of the word that I've got in my life, the less of self, the less of this world, the less uh, of anything that would hinder and bring doubt and fear and that would paralyze me from being able to do what you call me to do. See, you and I, we need to talk about what Jesus is to us and we need to carry the plan of the Father, the revelation of God to a world that is lost and undone. Would you come tonight to spend some time with the Lord? Let Him speak to you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to bring divine revelation to you. You are a torchbearer for the Lord, the glory of the Lord. You're not doing it in the power of self or the power of number. You're doing it in the power of relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah.